Loving Father in heaven, praise, glory, honor, and adoration be unto your holy name for your goodness and love and mercy bestowed upon us. Lord, without you in our lives, our lives is useless. As you have given us the privilege to be among the living today, we pray that our lives shall be of such quality that the Holy Spirit shall be upon all of us, that will bring us to live a life that is in harmony with your will. For that purpose, Lord, we pray that as we go through our devotion now, that the words spoken and heard shall bring us to a greater nearness to you, O Lord. Of my own, I cannot see anything that will achieve this. Therefore, I pray, put your words in my mouth, that the words that will be spoken shall be of such character that will bless all who would listen. And may your spirit be accorded with these words upon those who would listen, that they all, we all, shall be lifted up to heavenly places. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, February 9 God protects his own. He suffered no man to do them wrong. Yea, he reproved kings for their sakes, saying, Touch not mine anointed, and do my prophets no harm. Psalm chapter 105, verse 14 and 15. It is by close testing trials that God disciplines his servants. He sees that some have powers which may be used in the advancement of his work. And he puts these persons upon trial. In his providence, he brings them into positions that test their character and reveal defects and weaknesses that have been hidden from their own knowledge. He gives them opportunity to correct these defects and to fit themselves for his service. He shows them their own weakness and teaches them to lean upon him, for he is their only help and safeguard. Thus, his object is attained. They are educated, trained and disciplined, prepared to fulfill the grand purpose for which their powers were given them. During his stay in Egypt, Abraham gave evidence that he was not free from human weakness and imperfection. In concealing the fact that Sarah was his wife, he betrayed a trust of the divine care, a lack of that lofty faith and courage so often and nobly exemplified in his life. He reasoned that he was not guilty of falsehood in representing Sarah as his sister, for she was the daughter of his father, though not of his mother. But this concealment of the real relation between them was deception. No deviation from strict integrity can meet God's approval. Through Abraham's lack of faith, 
Sarah was placed in great peril. The king of Egypt, being informed of her beauty, caused her to be taken to his palace, intending to make her his wife. But the Lord in his great mercy protected Sarah by sending judgments upon the royal household. The warning that had been given to Pharaoh proved a protection to Abraham in his after intercourse with heathen peoples. It was seen that the God whom Abraham worshipped would protect his servant and that any injury done him would be avenged. It is a dangerous thing to wrong one of the children of the king of heaven. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is God Protects His Own. And as we read our key text in Psalm 105, verse 14 and 15, which says, He suffered no man to do them wrong. Yea, he reproved kings for their sakes, saying, Touch not mine anointed, and do my prophets no harm. This text has been misapplied today to mean that you shouldn't talk about anybody who does wrong that claims to be a minister of God. But that's not what he's referring to today. We're using this text for its real purpose. God said concerning his child Abraham, he had already blessed him and said, I will bless those that bless you and curse those that curse you. And he rebuked kings for Abraham's sake. And Abraham is that one who is the anointed being referred to, though it can be applied to others. So as we are looking at the story of Abraham, we saw how Abraham was tested and he didn't go back to Babylon. In this extremity of a test and there was no food in Canaan, he had to do some makeshift arrangements to find food and take care of his people. Remember that the Bible says that Abraham didn't go to Egypt, uh, to Canaan alone. He went there with the souls that were with him, the souls that he had spoken to that believed with him and joined him on this journey, Lot being one of them, his cousin. Now that there was scarcity and famine, grievous one, in Canaan, they had to do something about it. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 12, reading from verse 10, and there was a famine in the land. And Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was grievous in the land. And it came to pass, when he was come near to enter into Egypt, that he said unto Sarai his wife, Behold now, I know that thou art a fair woman to look upon. Therefore it shall come to pass, when the Egyptians shall see thee, that they shall say, This is his wife. And they will kill me, but they will save thee alive. Say, I pray thee, thou art my sister, that it may be well with me for thy sake, and my soul shall live because of thee. And it came to pass that when Abraham was come into Egypt, the Egyptians beheld the woman that she was very fair. The princes also of Pharaoh saw her and commended her before Pharaoh. And the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house, and he entreated Abraham well for her sake. 
and he had sheep and oxen and he asses and men servants and maid servants and she asses and camels and the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai Abraham's wife and Pharaoh called Abraham and said what is this that thou hast done unto me why did thou not tell me that she was thy wife why said thou she is my sister so I might have taken her to me to wife now therefore behold thy wife take her and go thy way and Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him and they sent him away and his wife and all that he had here we look at Abraham's manifestation of his weakness and defect in character the Lord had tested Abraham in various ways and then tested him again further in this matter but he revealed a defect in his character through Abraham's lack of faith in that he did not say the truth he reasoned within himself like that it was no falsehood to say that Sarah was his sister and he begged Sarah to say that she is his sister and it caused a problem for the king of Egypt and also for himself they were in this they were in a very close situation if not that the Lord came and protected his own so there are many lessons we can draw from this story let's just get into it as we read in conflict and courage page 46 paragraph 3 says through Abraham's lack of faith Sarah was placed in great peril the king of Egypt being informed of her beauty caused her to be taken to his place to his palace intending to make her his wife but the Lord in his great mercy protected Sarah by sending judgments upon the royal household end of quote so the lesson we learn from here is this our lack of faith can affect others decision and f- and they ca- it can also affect their faith you see Sarah's peace Sarah's life was jeopardized by Abraham's lack of faith here it was revealed that Abraham didn't have the faith to die which I'm saying this humbly because I myself cannot boast to have it and even if I did I cannot condemn the man because it is not by power or by might but by the Spirit said the Lord so his fear of death led him to deception you see we are not to allow our fears to drive us to practice falsehood and deception as it happened to Abraham how do we do this today some of us are afraid if I don't there's something before me I need to get this and if I need to practice some falsehood and deception in order for me to get it if not my life will be in danger and then we tell lies we tell lies about our age so that we can get the job and so that we can remain till 65 years old and get the pension we tell lies about our state of origin since that is a catchment area and there's only people from this particular state that can get the benefits from the government so we tell lies about that too people tell lies about their age so they can marry they tell lies about where they're coming from about where what school they went to about what they graduated with falsehood is practiced in various ways but behind the reason is different from Abraham's own Abraham's case is that he was trying to preserve his life which one may not necessarily excuse but one can have pity but these days out of selfishness 
Abraham's case is still selfishness anyway. Generally, because of selfishness, we tell lies. But not just that. Our lies is a revelation of our lack of trust and faith in God to protect us and handle the situation. I've said this a good number of times. Why do people lie? Telling lies is a revelation of our lack of trust in God. We cannot trust God to handle the situation in a way that will favor us if we say the truth and that is exactly what Abraham did. He did not trust God to handle the situation if he told the truth and he manifested this defect in character. And Sarah was placed in a terrible condition. Can you imagine? The king, the pharaoh of Egypt was going to be having sex with her that day. She didn't want that to happen and I know Abraham didn't want it to happen too but his life was more important to him than that situation and they both practiced this deception. It was a serious situation. So what should Sarah have done? I'll tell you, she should have encouraged her husband to do right and trust in God. I once took children on an excursion, well, me and some other staff took children on an excursion to a prison notorious for having the worst kind of criminals to, so that we can help the children to understand the end of living a life of criminality. As they went to the male section of the prison, wow, you could see, the, if you see the reaction, they were afraid. As they were looking at these hardened criminals and the criminals would be looking at them and laughing and running all around because they were playing football some of them in their rooms and smoking weed and marijuana and they are looking at these hardened criminals all these children were afraid of these men to the point that one of the girls burst in tears and started crying out of fear she had never seen hardened criminals like this before but there was a guide who was showing us okay these are the prisoners and this is the reason this one is here this is the reason that one is there and advice advising the children don't do this don't do that you see when we were taken to the female side of the prison i noticed the sanity and general peace in that area it was serene the women were all busy and engaged in one form of industrial labor or the other the men they were playing ball smoking they were doing all kinds of things maybe there were some men also in church actually but there was so much uh, disorganization in the men's side. But in the women's side, was not so. It was very serene. They were all busy. They were doing one industrial labor or the other. They didn't uh, like. They were not like the hardened criminals in the male side. There was no boisterous noise and ramble to cause any of the fearful children to burst into crying hysterically. There was nothing like that. They were not. The children were not afraid anymore in the female side everyone wondered why there was such a difference between the male word and the female word then we were clearly told something that stayed with me the man who was guiding us told us something he said that almost all the women you see here in this prison are married and their husbands are here they are here because they aided and abetted their husbands in crime in one way or another either by concealing the truth or by any other means that they supported their husbands. Hmm. Does this ring a bell? These women at one time were in Sarah's position and their husbands begged them and told them like Abraham did to support they support him in the scene that they was going they were going to do all the crime they were going to do. And they did support 
and they were incarcerated. The crime of Sarah was something smaller in magnitude than that of Abraham, but she aided him in it. This is a lesson for husbands and wives. Husbands, you need to have great faith for many times. The wives will just lend you support whenever your faith falls. Abraham's faith was lacking in this situation. But the wife is supposed to be a help. Meet. That is what the wife is supposed to be. It is true that the husband's faith may fall sometimes. Therefore, wives, when you see your husband's faith, your husband's faith is wavering. Be there for him. He's only human. He may despair sometimes. And you don't know what kind of encouragement, great encouragement and great strength you can be to him by a word in season, by encouraging him and referring him to the word of God and telling him to do right and support him to do the right thing, regardless of the consequences. There are many wives who will join their husbands in prayer, knowing very well that their husbands are doing a business that is wrong, yet they are praying with him so that the business will be successful. Wives, are you doing your job? Your husband is trying to do this perhaps because he's trying to put food on the table for you. Should your husband, on account of you, sin against God? Shouldn't you encourage him not to? That he shouldn't do it on your behalf? Even children, if you are old enough, you should tell your parents, if this is the case, don't do it for me. Are you getting into sin because of me? Don't. Wives, you can tell your husband that. If he tells you it is because I want to protect you, I want to provide for you, that's why I'm doing this thing, Let, support me in it. Tell him, no, don't do that on my account. I will not support you. Let us remain the way we are. We, 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 can, we can bear it together. This was where Sarah also failed. They both manifested a defect in their character. And it's a lesson for us. Even wives, their faith can fail. Husbands, be there to encourage and help them but i would say majorly on the side of the men when they waver wives be there to support them that's one lesson we learn from here another thing we see is the revelation of character through trials jesus said in the book of luke chapter 14 verse 26 and 27 if any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters yea and his own life also he cannot be my disciple and whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple when the lord jesus says hate he's simply meaning loveless that is you must love him more than mother father brother sister and possessions houses and lands and even your own life that's simply what he means you see abraham had revealed his faith in god he loved god more than mother more than father more than brother more than sister he separated from his father's house from his country from his kindred his brothers and sisters he separated from them he left his lands everything jesus said here the things listed here jesus said his father mother wife children brethren sisters and the final thing his own life of these seven things abraham revealed that six of them were not anything to him but the seventh one abraham had not come to the point where he had loved god more than that and that is his life abraham was afraid for himself that they would not take his life and that was what made him to practice falsehood and he told his wife sarah 
to lie and join him in the falsehood. But from there you can see that Abraham was even ready to sacrifice his wife. So you could learn something good even there that Abraham was even ready to sacrifice his wife. But one thing he was not willing to give up yet was his life. This may be the case for some of us. We may stand for God in various areas of our life and be willing to make sacrifices for him. But when faced with death, when faced with death, we may cave in. The Lord wanted to reveal to Abraham that his faith was not yet perfect. He was close, very close. Beautiful character, this man Abraham. And this one thing was lacking. Reading from Review and Herald, of course, 6, 1889, paragraph 3, says, In seasons of temptations, we seem to lose sight of the fact that God tests us, that our faith may be tried and be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus. The Lord places us in different positions to develop us. If we have defects of character of which we are not aware, He gives us discipline that will bring those defects to our knowledge that we may overcome them. He's not trying to embarrass you. God takes us through certain situations as He took Abraham so that in that situation we will see our weaknesses not so that we can be embarrassed and feel bad but so that you will know an area in your life you need to work on so that you can be perfect i continue the reading now it says it is his providence that brings us into varying circumstances in each new position we meet a different class of temptations how many times when we are placed in some trying situations we think this is a wonderful mistake how i wish i had stayed where i was before But why is it that you are not satisfied? It is because your circumstances have served to bring new defects in your character to notice. But nothing is revealed but that which was in you. What should you do when you are tried by the providences of the Lord? You should rise to the emergency of the case and overcome your defects of character. End of quote. Beautiful reading here. The Lord's providence, opportunities come. These opportunities come and when they come to us, temptations come with them and the way we respond to this temptation will show whether we have defects in character or not. Many times the Lord places us in positions that makes us to see our defects and that's what we are to do. When we see the defects, we are to work on them so that we can be perfect. Remember. When these defects come, don't look at them as, I'm not supposed to be here, this is a mistake. Those defects were already in you, it's just that you didn't see them. The Lord is only showing it to you through those circumstances. Another lesson we can learn from this experience is a lesson of forbearance. God bore with Abraham's weaknesses but did not excuse it. Some wonder why God did not rebuke Abraham while others feel that since there was no rebuke, then they also are excused every now and then to manifest their defects in character. You see, both of these ideas are mistakes. They are mistaken ideas. God did not tolerate or excuse Abraham's weaknesses. Neither did he also rebuke him as we saw. This character is called forbearance and it is such a beautiful character. It is expressed towards Abraham because God is an understanding God. Why God did not by any means tolerate 
Abraham's sin, he was able to forbear. We also should learn the lesson of forbearance. God did not place faithful Abraham on the same level as the heathen who continuously are in uh, unprovoked, they are in unprovoked transgression. While temptation is no excuse to sin, God forbears and understands the strength of the temptation that come to those who are faithful to him. When they fall, he does not outrightly reject them and denounce them critically, but he forbears and hopes to correct the defects in the kindest way there is. And he revealed this in Abraham and it's a lesson for us. When you see people who have been faithful, they have borne long, a lot of sacrifices made. There are many who when they just see one defect of character in them, they want to pounce on it. They want to address it. They want to make it public as though the person is the worst criminal. God didn't do this to Abraham. God understood that this was a faithful man. And in this moment of temptation, he did fall. He made a mistake. He sinned. But the way God addressed the issue is not the way many men will address it today. Many will rejoice. Oh, look at him. He lied. He, he bore falsehood while others will even use it as an excuse to go into sin. But don't be mistaken, all the Lord did here was forbearance. There are times when we see people in certain errors, maybe they fall in sin. It's not every time you talk about something, it's not every time you just go and rebuke. Sometimes you forbear, just leave it alone. The person had a bad day, perhaps, and just fell leave it alone and that was what the Lord did forbearance and we need to learn that lesson our title for this devotion God protects his own is something very beautiful as we look at how in the midst of all of this God was there to preserve Abraham and Sarah while it was that they were jeopardized God still protected Abraham and Sarah in this situation even bringing disease is a plague upon Pharaoh's household for the sake of protecting Sarah you can tell that this error on their part was not one done out of the love of sin. They must have prayed very much for God to intervene so that the worst will not happen. God heard their prayers and delivered Sarah. God protects his own indeed. May God give us the wisdom to know how to handle situations of such a sensitive nature as this. Abraham's threat was a real one. It was actually a common practice for the strong to kill the weak and take their possessions from them. Like it was in the days of Cain, remember? People would murder others even for the purpose of taking their properties, including their wives and children. This was a genuine threat that led Abraham to do what he did. But he could have manifested a greater faith in God. We, today, have the advantage of looking back at Abraham's story and the numerous other stories of how God protected his own and delivered them from great extremities. Abraham did not have this privilege. There was no Bible for Abraham to read. There was no story for him to fall back on. We have many of those stories to encourage us and know that we are not to deny God. Abraham did not have this privilege. His faith was not dependent on any story. It was raw faith. Ours is bolstered by many cases of God's great power shown in his word. We are not to do what Abraham did, but we are to trust God even in the face of death. Many have done that and we are to look to their example and not the mistake of Abraham. Look at Daniel who was willing to go to the lion's den over a small matter as prayer, just prayer. Look at Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego who were thrown into the burning furnace 
because they wouldn't just drop their heads and bow down, even a bit, in obedience and worship to idols. The record of these men are there to encourage us to stand unflinchingly for the right even in the face of death, while the record of Abraham is there to encourage us lest we despair in times when we fall and when we see defects of character in ourselves. Have you denied your Lord in the face of great extremity, in the face of overpowering temptations? The Lord says to you, go and sin no more. He does not condemn you. If you would repent and change, you are accepted in the Beloved. God will not cast you off. God can still protect you just as God protected Abraham. God protects his own. Indeed, God does protect his own. And it is a lesson for us not to copy the sin of Abraham, but to learn and be warned not to go in the same direction. And to also see the other lesson that we are not to come against God's people. They may fall. You may see that minister, that child of God. They may fall into sin at a time. And you may think that you want to take advantage and attack them. Our Bible passage says, God rebuked kings for their sake. God sent a plague to Pharaoh. Be careful how you speak and do things against God's people. God's true people who are faithfully keeping his commandments, faithfully doing his will, faithfully preaching his word. And there are many who are there to watch them. They look at him. Oh, he left He left Babylon. He thinks he's better than us. He thinks we are the evil ones while he's the good one. He's doing holy holy. He's Mr. Goody Two Shoes. Let's watch him. And then the moment he makes one defect, one weakness is shown. Everybody wants to pounce on him. Be careful how you pounce on God's people. Because you saw them fall into sin one time or the other. God protects his own. If the Lord comes against you with a plague, you will be shocked what will happen to you. Abraham was not a perfect man, just as many today who are following after the Lord. They are not necessarily perfect. When you see defects of character in the life of God's people, and you know very well that they are God's people, by their fruits you shall know them. Because they have made a great profession, they have been faithful to God in many areas of their lives. And then, because of one issue or the other, you want to gloat and you want to take advantage of the situation because God's child has fallen. Beware how you take advantage of it. God protects his own. God may just send a plague upon you because you are going around talking. You are going around gossiping and slandering and using the opportunity to smear God's child with dearth. Not because it's a lie. It could be true. But that doesn't give you the excuse to touch God's anointed. The Lord will rebuke you, so you better be careful. And as I said earlier, this story is written for a purpose. We have read about Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. They are to encourage us. But why does the Bible record the failure of Abraham? So that we can be warned. Conflict and Courage, page 7, paragraph 4, when we looked at our devotion in January 2. Um, January 1, sorry that we may be encouraged, we were told. Had our good Bible been written by uninspired persons, it would have presented a quite, quite a different appearance and would have been a discouraging study to erring mortals who are contending with natural frailties and the temptations of a wily fool. But as it is, we have a correct record of the religious experience of marked characters in Bible history. Men whom God favored, like Abraham, 
and to whom he entrusted great responsibilities were sometimes overcome by temptation and committed sins like we've just read about Abraham. Even as we of the present day strive, waver and frequently fall into error. But it is encouraging to desponding hearts to know that through God's grace they could gain fresh vigor to again rise above their evil natures and remembering this we are ready to renew the conflict with ourselves. We are to renew the conflict ourselves. Amen. End of quote. Be encouraged brother, be encouraged sister, the story is written for you. Have you fallen? Look at the life of Abraham. He was a man of faith, very good man, but he also fell. You are in good company. But don't remain the way you are. Abraham rose, therefore you should also rise. There is hope for you. These things were written that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Therefore have hope, be encouraged, rise up, go and sin no more, the Lord says. Amen. Let us pray. Loving Father in heaven, forgive us for our backslidings. Forgive us for the times when we did not trust in you to take care of the situations that we told lies, we cheated, we practiced falsehood, we went into adultery, we worshipped other gods, we broke your Sabbath because we did not trust you to take care of us. Please forgive us, Lord. Now we pray that from today, you help each and every one of us that we should be ready to even hate our life and love you above our life. Should we come to a place where our life is required and we are seeing death unless we sin against you? It is not by our strength, Lord, but we know you can do it for us, that you will help us to give up everything, including our life, for your sake. You gave everything for us and we know that you deserve everything from us. Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen.